Hey everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. Colin, have you seen have you seen the the player movie Noises Off? Do you know that? I have, uh, yes, yeah, for sure. You know how uh, the first act you see up front on the stage and right. it's like, mm-hmm. oof, things are going how they're going. The next one, you turn it around and you see backstage and see how things are going. Yeah. You physically move the set physically around. We followed, we followed our guest, Daniel Spencer backstage to see how they're doing in sort of the, uh, the safe space of the backstage area. Does Daniel Daniel know that we followed them? Welcome back. Oh, Oh, whoa, whoa. Oh, Oh. uh, behind you. uh, I am so sorry. Let, Let me, let me put this robe back on. Didn't know people were back here. Oh, yeah. God. See, this is why I thought we should probably knock or something. That Yeah, so sorry. James just told me it was okay, so. That's yes. why I always, I don't remember, what, what, is, what movie is it from? It's like, that's why I always burst into rooms. It's probably an older movie, because it feels older. Gross? Okay. Uh, well, hey, <clears throat> uh, now that we're all dressed. Yes. Um, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm very excited to be back. Good, because this scene is a little sadder. So hopefully you're ready to help. I don't know what I'm saying. Never mind. I, I'm bailing. Uh, James, you say something. Oh, hey, yeah. All right. So this one's uh, this one's a little happier. So uh, I'm glad that you're here to join us. Uh, completely contradicting Colin. So uh, <laughs> let's. There's a bit of a there's a bit of a, a long description because. Uh, your uh, your friend old Jamesy over here uh, just took a long took a lot of notes, but we're gonna get into it and it's gonna be fun. And here we go. Here's what happens: you're going to start at Captain America: The First Avenger, start at fifty one fifty six, and you're gonna end at fifty three forty three. And here is what happens: Steve is drawing in his sketchbook. On the left side, he's drawn a picture of a train traveling through Italy with some illegible scribbles and arrows marked. Could this be a plan for the train mission later in the movie? And what he is currently drawing is a monkey on a unicycle on a tightrope dressed as Cap with Cap's shield being laughed at by a bunch of clowns. Suddenly Peggy is there. He asks what she's doing there and she says that she's not officially there at all. And that if the Germans see her that they say with their piss-soaked hind legs, holy <laughs> shit, it's that son of a fucking bitch Peggy Carter. They talk about his bad show. Then they talk about his role as a USO mascot. He talks about how bond sales go up in every state he goes to. She says that he is speaking like Senator Brandt, and Steve replies that at least Brandt has given him something to do, as opposed to being stuck in a lab, as Phillips would have had. Carter suggests that those are not the only two options, that he was meant for more than either being a lab rat or a dancing monkey. Steve talks about his dreams of coming overseas and serving his country, but now that he's got everything he wanted, he's wearing tights. They examine Steve's... No, no. Uh, they see an ambulance pull up with a wounded soldier. Carter tells him that Schmidt sent out a force to Azano. 200 troops fought against him and less than 50 troops returned. She tells him that the people in the audience contained what was left of the 107th, or the 107th, that the rest were killed or captured. This, of course, makes Steve's ears perk up. He starts to run off and tells Peggy to come with. Uh, I have uh, one key quote and then we'll get into uh uh notes from from the other two people that are i tr- i assure you are still on the call um 
the quote is Steve saying the crowds I'm used to are usually a little more 12. And I think that is a very funny way to say that. Uh, uh, Daniel, did you have uh, thoughts about uh, how this particular scene goes? Uh, any of the issues that are brought up or the drawings that are made? Um, the drawing is great. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, other than that, Honestly, this scene just doesn't do it for me. It it feels a lot of exposition, lo- exposition that's like frankly not even important. Like we yeah. don't don't need don't super need this scene. It's like a it's sort of a meanwhile or like a like a text box in the comic where it's like, all right, I know we just did the USO thing, but we need to move on to mission stuff. So here's Peggy with because we can't just go into mission stuff. She can't so, just. We can't just have her pop up and say one oh seventh though. So like, yeah, right. We need to exactly. kind of give her a way to get there, even though that would completely work and would be totally effective and would get the same result. One oh seventh where? Um, yeah, Colin. What 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 were your thoughts? Uh, I do agree with that. I think that you could cut about half of this scene and make it work. Um, I think like the part of the other thing that they do for this scene is they're trying to make it apparent that like Peggy has always been in his corner and is continuing to be, but like you can still show that and their chemistry and all that other stuff, their story in less time. Uh, It's weird to me that they cut like other scenes and then didn't cut this one down at all. Um, However, I will say it is nice to see that they are showing Steve Rogers being artistic because that is something that happens in the comics a lot. Yeah. Um, to the point where it's actually part of his origin story in the 1979 film, not in the MCU, but like one of the, um, you know, non MCU Marvel films from the early days when CBS had all these rights and stuff like that to make movies. Um, that was kind of a whole part of his thing. So I like seeing him do his little doodles, Mm. but I again feel like you could have cut maybe let's see. So it's a total of uh, just under two minutes. I think you could have done this scene in just under a minute, probably mm. like 42 seconds. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, uh, I don't know if you, you all remember back um, nine episodes ago when we had Daniel on last, I brought up that they said this. They referred to like, uh, you're better than this, or you deserve more than this, or Erskine deserved more than this. They mm-hmm. do that like two or three more times in this scene. Uh, like, um, at least he's got me doing this and you were meant for more than this. And I, I just, I, I start to feel like it's lazy writing. What is but, this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What is this? As Faith No More once said. What's um, it is what it turns out but, to be. Okay. That, that can I ask you a question though? Epic song. Epic, epic song. When you're in the situation itself, right? Don't you clearly understand like, when you're talking to someone like what this is like, I think that for us as the viewers, we're kind of hoping that they'll say you were meant for more than being on the USO tour, right? We want to hear the full sentence, but for the two people who clearly know what the scenario is and know nothing else, right? To them, it's this, cause this is this moment, this situation I, we find ourselves in. I, I'll, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. I, I think that that's, that that's fair, but I do think that if you're writing a scene Right. You shouldn't use it more than once right. in a movie. I would I would say that for sure. I um Yeah, I agree. 
that's but that's a minor thing. Now, if I may, since I have since I have the hosting duties, uh, I'd like to get into a little bit more of tearing Steve Rogers down. Just a just a just a tad, and then we'll get into a fun game. Man, you really love this. I okay. am just really souring on him real fast. Uh, yeah. So I said this is this is it. I started with this, and that's funny. That was unintentional, but um, <laughs> this is the thing that bugs me about Steve Rogers. He's all patriotic and whatever, and he's all I don't want to kill anyone. But then shouldn't he be content with helping the troops in any way he can? I think he does want to kill people. He just has learned how to present it so that he doesn't sound bloodthirsty. He's been good at PR long before Brant got to him. Wow. I would, uh, okay. We've had this conversation as well, both on air and off air, about like killing when it comes to wartime. And I also think that there's something about like the way that he especially is about to operate that's more about protecting versus, you know, destroying per se. But even or even if even that aside, because I took it to a place of of I took it a little far. He he's like I want to do whatever I can for the war effort, as long as it's exactly what I've always dreamed of. Mm-hmm. And that bugs yeah, me. I just feel like the the capaganda continues, and I just she's so much better, and I just I think that that I can't wait to get him into the twentieth century, twenty first century when he is not the worst yep i have two very fast things which is one so because peggy is like no i do want to kill people we're chill about that yeah versus him okay for sure she tells it like it is uh the second thing um is that oh no i had something that you had just said and i immediately thought of something that was Was it capaganda no okay hang on damn i this is have you okay Here's a guest, Janan Hostian. Have you ever had something that was like you knew was so good to the point where you covered your mouth to say that this person finished their thought and then I'm going to really like knock this one out of the park and then instead you just forgot to go up to the plate entirely? Absolutely. All the time. That, that's a 1940s baseball reference. That's what I call um, podcasting with yeah. James. That's why my, my natural uh, adaptation has been huge wide eyes and a heart on my sleeve so that no one can continue the conversation until I get to say my stupid thing, which is hilarious and great and uh, swing for the fences. It's also great knowing that you have two of your three co-hosts like here yeah. on this episode. Yeah. Um, and you're saying that and we're not stopping you or correcting you. So, you know, no, 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 oh, yeah, no, this no. is, I know, who, I know what I got into. I know. I want to help the podcasting effort in any way I can. And here I am wearing tights. Um, <laughs> by killing bits. Uh, by killing. No. By killing no, momentum. No. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, and correcting people. If I think of it, I'll eventually just jump on in. things they see, yes. which is yeah, fun. There you go. Um, before we get into my fun game, I do want to say that I looked up Azano to try and get an idea of, like, what's that place? We've got a place in Italy or whatever. And I here's one of two things happened. I did poor research or what I like to prefer because it makes it paints me in a way better light. Az- <laughs> Azano is sort of like sort of seems like the Springfield of Italy. I found uh nine places referred to as Azano when I searched Azano. Hmm. I lived I grew up in a in a, a town in Nebraska called Bellevue which also uh there right. is one in 
So anyways, I think that Azano, I think they used it as like it could be anywhere in Italy as opposed to, because like you don't want it to be specific about like here's where the Red Skull is in your town. Sure. So uh, in the scene, uh, Peggy says that there uh, are more than two options of just Lab Rat versus Dancing Monkey, but I say Balderdash. So I'm going to give you uh, each of I'm going to go back and forth between the two of you. I'm going to give you a person, place, or thing. And uh, you're going to tell me uh, with as much or as little deliberation as possible uh, whether it is a lab rat or a dancing monkey. So here we go. Daniel. Yes. Steve Rogers. Uh, Dancing monkey. Correct. Colin. Peggy Carter. Lab rat. Okay, interesting. Daniel. Timeline scavengers. Lab rat. Okay. Colin, Frankenstein's jukebox. Dancing monkey. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, watching cheesy horror movies. Oh, Dancing Monkey. Correct. Colin, Alkaline Trio. Lab Rat. Yep. Daniel, Halloween is Grinch Night, the movie. <laughs> the, uh, absolute Dancing Monkey. The monkeyest of dancing. Right, right. Yes, exactly. Colin, North Carolina. Lab Rat. Okay. Daniel, Maryland. Dancing Monkey. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, and Colin, finally, Splinter from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> well, Sewer Rat. Right. Okay. <laughs> e- except for in the... In, uh, right. Except for the one movie where one he was two, a pet rat when he and he got dances. his ear sliced off. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Doesn't what? he do like a little, like, I made another funny, oh my God, look at me dance? He, uh, I think he like toe taps. I don't think he like yeah, dance yeah. dances. But. We'll call that dancing. Anyways, okay, great job. You got, you all got uh, 100% on that one. So uh, excellent job. So fun. Yeah. Now, I don't know about the Maryland one. I, I think that one's biased. But Well, just because it's a poorly dancing monkey doesn't mean that it's not a dancing monkey. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us here on Time <laughs> folks. Um, this is the last episode, in fact, it turns out. <laughs> that was the um, one. This is the one that killed the momentum of the show. Nice. James has done it again. No, my mouth has gone immediately dry. I don't know if you can all tell this. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm just kidding. We're not. We're not actually ending the show. No, no, no. Uh, because no, no. I don't. No, I knew you wouldn't do that. Is that a challenge? Well, never mind. This is finally the real last. I Fine. Know. Franklin Storm will remain unnamed. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> we have to. See, this is this is why time is weird because what will happen is I'll say this is the last episode, but we have episodes past this recorded, and those will still have to come out. That's called but time I, lock, be, baby. Yeah, uh, that's why we can never do things fully in order, that's so that my threats can remain hollow. Yes, that is the reason. <laughs> yep this this show gives me a a headache trying to figure out the timing of of everything. Yeah, y'all, y'all are hey, magicians. Daniel? Same. <laughs> Hey, here's here's a here's a fun thing um, for both our shows, uh, both Frankenstein's Jukebox and Timeline Scavengers. Um, when we were crafting each of them with the various hosts that I crafted them with, uh, one way that I make a podcast is uh, is that giving me enough of a headache? And if it's not, then I add some stuff in to it, and uh, that's how we get where we are. So. Perfect. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a real punishment thing for for old for 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 me for moi moi. I'm gonna ask Daniel to give us a recommendation for a show on the network. And normally I say, do the recommendation being your show. 
But yeah. since you've been around for so long, I'm also willing to just say you can give a recommendation for any show if you prefer. Uh, I would love to give a recommendation for one of my uh, one of my oldest podcast loves, uh, and that is uh, Spooky Spouses. Uh, Spooky Spouses with the Reeds is just just a great little section of uh, honestly, like they tell great stories. They talk about you know real crime or or cryptids or bizarre things happening in the world. Uh, but it's the the charm is in the interaction between the two. They are uh, absolute goofballs, and it just feels like you're sitting down at the dinner table uh, and chatting with them. Sincere, like yeah, they're yeah. not ironic, and I think that that's the most charming thing that I find about them is that they mm-hmm. are just being honestly goofy. I love, them. yeah, I love them very much. Absolutely, perfect, great wreck. Well, that great is, wreck. I was gonna say, great wreck and great. Um, like description as well. Thank you. Uh, shows that is coming from a place of genuine fandom. Yeah. And appreciation. Uh, and what I appreciate is how good we did on this episode. So I think that's where yeah. we're going to leave it. Uh, so thank you everyone for joining us. As always, I'm Colin Parker. I'm James Anderson. And I'm Dan Spencer. Excelsior! Are you a fan of Boy Meets World? Do you enjoy rewatch podcasts? Well, then you should check out The Lost Years, a retrospective fan cast hosted by me, Tay. And me, Sid. It's my favorite show of all time. And I've never seen it. Each week, we're recapping a new episode of Boy Meets World, sharing bits of nostalgia and learning a wholesome lesson. Join us on our rewatch journey, won't you? School's in session every Tuesday, wherever you find your podcasts. What else do you need to know? The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven, community-focused, treasured content.